Greetings and happy Monday. I pray you had a wonderful Christmas and that you were able to get some rest and relaxation while enjoying time with your family. Welcome back to my podcast titled, You're Stronger Than That. Every week it is my goal to remind you that there is nothing you can't overcome that you can't get through or triumph over. You have more strength inside of you than you think and with the right help, resources, and strategies, you can do it. You're stronger than that. What is that, you ask? Let me tell you. That refers to the obstacles or barriers, the suffering and abandonment, the lies and mistakes, and the abusive people designed to hurt, halt, destroy, shatter, annihilate, and or abort your purpose in life. You do have a purpose. I want you to grab a hold of that and believe it. I am your host, MC Drea, and I'm so happy to be back with you again. In the last episode, we spoke about how to improve your money management skills. And at that time, I provided seven skills for your consideration. I also promised that we would further discuss the topic in today's episode and that I would have a special guest. So with me today is one of my very best friends, Miss Priscilla Parker. She will give you a brief introduction of herself. However, I want to say she has been in the financial industry for several years and has been very, very helpful to many people. So if you are interested in part two of the money management episode, please keep listening. As I stated, this is part two on how to improve your money management skills. My good friend Priscilla is here with us today and she is going to give us an introduction of herself and then we will further discuss the seven money management skills I provided last week. Priscilla, welcome to the show. Thank you, Drea. Um, Please share with our listening audiences a little bit about yourself. As Drea stated, my name is Priscilla Parker. I am a financial representative for Northwestern Mutual. I have been in the financial services industry for over 10 years now. My areas of expertise are building money management skills, building and establishing credit, and comprehensive financial planning, which is inclusive of a budget, life insurance, and wealth building strategies. Wonderful. So as you can see, Priscilla is no novice in this particular area, and she has a lot to share. So we're going to jump right in. So get your paper and get your pens so that you can take some additional notes on the seven money management skills. The first one is make a budget and stick to it. Priscilla, why is it important to create a budget? A budget is very important because it is a financial tool to keep you on track to reaching your financial goals. It It is actually your roadmap to financial success. Wonderful. And can you tell for the people that need to know, what are some of the steps to creating a budget? So the first thing you want to do when you're creating your budget is one, you want to look at your net net income. The net income is the amount you actually bring home after taxes, not what you actually make, but the actual amount you bring home after taxes. You want to, Number two, you want to look at all of your outgoing expenses or liabilities, such as fixed expenses like your rent, mortgage, car note, insurance, etc. You also want to look at your variable expenses. These are the expenses that fluctuate, such as gas and electric, your water bill, things on that line. And lastly, you want to look at your discretionary expenses. 
These expenses are the wants, not the needs. Things you can live without, such as cable, dining out, entertainment, you know, the things you like to do for fun. Awesome. And who do you think can benefit from a budget? Everyone can definitely benefit from the budget. A budget. Absolutely. So young or old, do would you agree young or old could benefit from a budget? Yes, absolutely. Whether you're a teenager, um, actually, you can even start before you're a teenager teaching your children just basics about money management skills. And, it'll, you know, it's a great habit to embed in children because as they get older, it's already that seed has already been planted in them and they'll have a great handle, a much better handle, shall I say, um, when they get older on budgeting. Awesome. And how can sticking to a budget be beneficial over the long run? So sticking to your budget can be a very powerful tool and requires great discipline. When you develop a budget and stick to your spending plan, you recognize areas where you can cut back and redirect those funds. This realization can be a, a great opportunity to establish a savings account, such as an emergency fund, money market account, CD, also known as certificate of deposit, or another form of account that helps you grow your net worth. That is awesome. So you see, you, once you start that budget and then you stick to it, it can help you over the long run. It can. Would you agree that it can help people to stretch their money that they do have? Absolutely, absolutely, because you can visually see what you have left over. So it's definitely a powerful tool. And sometimes people, you know, out of habit, you know, they spend they spend on things that aren't necessarily necessary, but things that they actually want. And you can get caught up in that habit. You know, everybody, well, a lot of people have different habits. Sure. So sometimes cutting back on that habit can make a big difference in which, you know, how far you can stretch your money. Awesome. Thank you. So skill number two, be a conscious consumer. This is about how we buy and how we spend. Priscilla, how can making a grocery or shopping list save money and time? So making a grocery grocery list, excuse me, is another great tool to both saving you time and money because when you plan your list and you stick to it, it eliminates you bouncing all over the store, grabbing unnecessary items or duplicates of items you don't need. Mm. So, you know, I laugh at this myself because I find myself whenever I go into a grocery store without a list, that's exactly what Priscilla does. <laughs> Priscilla is bouncing all over the store and grabbing things that I don't need. Now, I'll say I'm going in for a loaf of bread and a gallon of milk and I end up grabbing unnecessary things. A lot of times the snacks because I'm hungry, mm. you know, so it, it really does make a difference when you, when you have a grocery list, it helps you to stay focused. Awesome. And how about besides making a list, how else can we be a conscious consumer? Other ways to be a conscious consumer are one, plan your meals in advance. Mm, I'm going to say that again, plan your meals in advance. Planning meals in advance is a great way to save money and time, as well as the opportunity to make healthier eating choices. Mm. When you plan your meals, it gives you the opportunity to actually go into the grocery store, grab those things specifically, but it also helps you to make healthier choices because when you plan your meals and you're making healthy meals, you've already made a list of all the healthy things, items that go into that meal plan. So it helps you to stay on the course of eating healthier 
as well as sticking to your grocery list, which helps you with your budget. Sounds like that is um, an opportunity for a double a double blessing because not only do you work on your budget, you work on your health. Yes, that's very true. The other thing too I want to stress, um, you can plan to shop for items. When you have a list, you, you can plan to shop for items that are on sale. So you'll know in advance the things that are on sale as well as if you are a couponer, that's great. If not, you know, using coupons is definitely a great money saver. Mm-hmm. Um, when you make the list, you can look for coupons. They have things online that you can, you know, coupons online, online, excuse me, that is specific to the items that you're looking for. So you definitely can um, use the coupons for the specific items on your list. Um, you can also consider buying generic items, which mm. is a definite money saver as well. Sure. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Now, skill number three, balance your checkbook. And last week, I know some of you probably laughed because I talked about checkbook because I find that many people don't even carry a checkbook. A lot of people are swiping their ATM cards and they are um, you know, getting fees if you go to a different ATM machine and people lose track very easily if you're not recording uh, the money that you take out from your account. So Priscilla, tell us how can mismanaging your checkbook or even your ATM card be detrimental to your financial goals? So mismanaging your checkbook can have a great impact on your financial goals because financial institutions charge fees for bounced checks. Um, and even if you're not writing a check and if you're using your ATM card and you don't have sufficient funds on that card, you're, you're still going to be charged a fee. And unfortunately, you may be hit by both your bank and the receiving institution. Mm. This means you could be charged twice. So if both institutions, excuse me, institutions charge you for the insufficient funds, for example, at $30 each, that affects your account by $60 that you now have to account for, account for from your budget. Always record every transaction to avoid this from happening or look at getting an overdraft protection account for those unexpected costs. Awesome. What about this one? If I use my ESL bank card at, let's say, Chase Bank, is there generally a fee for me to do that? So I wouldn't actually know the answer to that because mm-hmm. I don't use that bank but I can tell you generally if you are using uh, an ATM that is not your financial institution mm-hmm. a lot of times they will charge a fee those fees can vary um, it's generally always good to stick to your bank if you yes. can to avoid those fees however um, I am a credit union person mm-hmm. um, I do happen to know that there are many credit unions that um, collaborate together, mm-hmm. which means that you can go to certain ATMs and not be charged a fee. Now, it's not for all credit unions, right? but certain certain um, credit unions don't charge you a fee if they're a part. If you're, for example, if you have an account at Summit Federal Credit Union, um, but let's just say you also, but you don't have an account at Advantage Federal Credit Union, but you want to go to the ATM and use your ATM card. I know Summit does not charge a fee. Okay. If you were from going from, I should have said said the opposite way. Advantage, I know. If you have, excuse me, let me back up. 
So if you have an account with Advantage Federal Credit Union, and let's say you don't have one with Summit Federal Credit Union, and you want to go to Summit's ATM and use your ATM card, I do know that there generally is not a fee at Summit as of today. Um, so I know depending on the credit union, that financial institution, if they're part of that collaborative, that it's called shared branching, mm -hmm. if they're part of shared branching, some of them will not charge you at the ATM. Some of them do. Mm -hmm. I just know that some it happens to be one of them okay. that has not charged me um, for having a an account in another credit union if they're part of that shared branching service. Okay. So would it be good for us to find out if that shared collaboration takes place? That's awesome. But if it doesn't and we're going to ATMs outside of our branch and they're charging $3 or $4, can you talk about how that can affect our, our accounts? Yeah. Um, so if you have, you know, if you have those fees coming off every time you go to the ATM, of course, if it's $4, $4 each time you go to the ATM, you know, and you go six times, that's $24. So you have $24 worth of fees and you've only used your ATM, ATM card six times and you're probably not even done you know, that's probably not even for 30 days in the month. So if you continue to multiply that, you can clearly see where you could definitely be saving money and putting it towards something that's more beneficial or is going to be more profitable, you know, for you. If you can swipe your card and have those kind of fees, that, that's money that you could be putting into a savings account. Yes. You know, so a lot of budgeting is just redirecting your funds, rethinking your thought process, you know, and making a commitment to yourself that you want to do better for yourself. Awesome. Thank you, Priscilla. Thank you so much. The next skill, have a plan and a vision. So Priscilla, in preparing a financial plan, what are some types of things we need to include? So the initial steps to completing a financial plan is your ability to see the big picture or the vision. Financial planning means creating a long-term vision and clear goals for the future you would like to achieve. So the plan allows you to visually see what you desire to achieve and how all the moving parts in the plan work together into one big picture relative to your goals. So some of the moving parts that I'm referring to consist of your occupation, your budget, your bank accounts, any assets that you may own, the debts you owe, real estate. These are just a few. So everyone's financial plan may look completely different depending on your age, your occupation, your income, your status, if you're single, married, have a family, etc. The best way to get help in preparing a financial plan to, is to come see someone like myself, a financial representative, which is often referred to as a financial advisor, and I can assist with completing a financial plan for you at no cost for free. Awesome. A financial plan for free? You can't get better than that. So if you are interested in having a financial plan, sitting down with someone to look at what your situation is, Priscilla is available. And at the end of the show, she will provide her contact information. Be sure you stay tuned till the end and you will get that information. You can't go wrong, at least to take a look at your financial trajectory and see where you have to go. So skill number five says, think like an investor. And some people probably don't even know what an investor 
is, and we we can talk about that. But Priscilla, can you give some examples on how to grow our money like an investor would? So depending on a person's financial situation, there are ways to help you grow your money that are not risky as well as risky. However, I believe to begin to think like an investor, you must purpose in your mind that you want to build wealth for yourself and your family. Nice. So invest means to commit in order to earn a financial return. Investor is a person or organization that puts money into financial plans, property, etc., with the expectation of achieving a profit. The main idea with investing is to place your money in areas where your money will go up in value or appreciate over time. Mm. Many financial advisors say you are ready to invest when you have enough savings to cover three to six months of expenses and debts low enough that you can comfortably, comfortably, excuse me, comfortably pay them. Mm. So I mentioned three to six months of expenses. A lot of people know that you should have six months of expenses. So to break that down a little further, when you are single, you don't have, you know, a partner, a spouse to help you with a lot of those debts or maintaining your household. So six months is kind of the, what's really the expectation for a single person. If you are married, three months is more of the expectation because you do kind of have somebody that you can, you know, that can help you with your finances if something comes up unexpected. Mm -hmm. So, however, you know, you often hear that it is six months. So definitely six months is definitely a great goal, um, whether you're single or married. But I just kind of wanted to make that point. Um, But some examples to consider as an investor are real estate. Owning your own home, investment property, those are all great ways to think like an investor. Mm. Um, for years, we've heard that if you want to build wealth, you should ha- you should own real estate. Mm-hmm. And, and that that is still true to this day. Um, when you become a homeowner um, and you make your payments on time and you do what you know, you do what's right by your payments, your monthly payments with the bank, eventually you will start to, your home, your home will start to appreciate in value, which means you have, you'll have equity in your home. Um, being able to have that equity is, is a great thing. Um, if you decide down the road that you want to utilize that money to um, maybe pay off debt, you know, that's one way to use it. You can always, you know, maybe purchase another home investment property with that. Mm-hmm. Um if you want to buy a dream, not dream home, but I mean, you could use some of it, but mm-hmm. a vacation home, you know, it's a lot of different ways that you can utilize the equity in your home. So having real estate, whether it's just you owning your home or having investment property, you can't go wrong with that. The second way I would say is invest in mutual funds, stocks, bonds. Thirdly, retirement accounts. So many employers offer a matching program up to a certain percent which is free money nice yeah so if you work for an employer and you're not even sure if they match funds you want to contact your human resource department and find out one do they have a a retirement account that you're not even a part of you know if you're not a part of you definitely want to you know get a retirement account Mm -hmm. with your organization 
if they match, you definitely want to make sure you're getting your matching funds because that's free money. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it only makes sense. If it's free, then it's for me. You know, if you got to pay, then you go the other way. But that's free money. I like that. <laughs> and if you, let's just say you're not working for an employer, you can still open an IRA account on your own as long as you have income. So definitely it's something that you could look to at a financial institution and open up an IRA. You can go online. There's various places you can do, you can go to for an IRA. Now, one of my favorites that many people overlook in my opinion is life insurance. Life insurance not only offers protection for your family, but it can also serve as a great vehicle for achieving wealth as well. Mm. So those are some examples um, in my opinion you know, to think as, as an investor. Sure. Nice. I heard you say something about, um, saving like six months, uh, of, um, expenses, having that, um, saved so that, you know, kind of puts you in a good position in case anything happens. For instance, we had this pandemic and I know it has hit a lot of people in some very harsh ways. So would you say that is a good way, um, by saving that money that could protect us a little bit from situations like a pandemic or a recession or anything that comes against our finances? Yes, absolutely. So having that six months, three months to six months of expenses, you know, when this pandemic hit, of course, you know, nobody was not expecting for it to go on Mm -mm. for this extent, this extended period of time. And we still don't have an idea of when it may actually cease. Um, you know, having that six months worth of expenses saved would have definitely put a lot of people in a, in a, a greater position, especially if you lost your job and you were able to get unemployment, you know, you still would have had income coming in and you would have that, that cushion of the six months, um, you know, if you weren't able to get back to work within that time frame. Sure, sure. So it's definitely, you know, something that you definitely want to consider. The wonderful thing, though, during the pandemic is a lot of places are working with people. Um, So, you know, hopefully it's not impacting if you are letting them know, shall I say, because you do have to communicate. Yes. And let them know that you're having hardships. Now, many places are working with you. So if you let them know they are they are working with you and it's not impacting people's credit reports like it generally would. Yes. Awesome. And so I encourage you, 2021 is right around the corner, but you can start today in making a difference in your financial future. So skill number six, work together with your partner, spouse on your on the same financial goals. Now, everybody is not married. Just as Priscilla just said, some people are single. When you're single, it may be a little bit more difficult. When you're married, you have a partner, but You have to work together. So Priscilla, how does it benefit a family if the husband and wife work together for the same financial goals? So through my experience, when a husband and wife are on the same page with their financial vision or goals, it makes the road to financial success more achievable and reachable. If one spouse is a saver and the other is a spender, it brings about division in achieving and executing the plan on the road to financial freedom. However, there is always power in numbers. You can achieve more as a team than individually. 
Mm-hmm. So work together and not apart, and you will see the power of compound, excuse me, compound interest work in your favor. That is good. And how can a couple that works together on their financial goals pass that down to their children, would you say? So as far as passing it down to your children, um, one of the areas that I work in or is one of my areas of expertise is life insurance. So life insurance is a very powerful tool because it protects the breadwinner and the family if the breadwinner is no longer with our, a part of that family. Mm-hmm. So when you work together, the husband and wife working together, they devise a plan. So if one of the one of the spouses should pass away, there is income that they plan for to pay off a mortgage if they have a mortgage to continue their lifestyle. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. so college education, things of that nature, the life insurance policy is a protection for for the family. So if someone should pass away, you know, they are still covered as far as the family goes. If the husband and wife pass away, a lot of times many of the policies that um where life insurance is concerned, it leaves a legacy for the children. Mm-hmm. So it 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 in essence, creates immediate wealth is how I would say it um, for the for the children. For the children, I remember when you and I talked about this. You said a life insurance policy saves a life, and I'm like, yeah. People, you don't hear people say it to you like that. It saves. It's saving someone's life, even though that person has passed on. You are saving your children's life, possibly your other spouse's life. You are doing whatever you can to make sure that that person that that has survived um, can live on and maintain their their, their lifestyle. Yes, yeah. and that is powerful, and that's why everyone should have a life insurance policy. Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. everyone. Too many people um, you hear about they don't have it in place. And so you're probably saying, well, when should I get it? Now, right, Priscilla? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I'll say now because some people have this thought process, well, I can get it tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, number one, is not promised. But yes. let's just say you sat with someone today and you got a life insurance policy today. And let's say tomorrow, you know, for whatever reason, you don't wake up, you get hit by a truck, you know, anything can happen. You are conditionally covered as long as you have signed the paperwork and you provided that premium check. You are conditionally covered for life insurance. So we don't know what tomorrow brings. That's right. So don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. Nice. Very nice. So the last skill, commit to saving money. I'm going to say that one again. Commit to saving money. I know, and I've spoken to people, and many people find it difficult to save money. So what are some ways people can start saving, even now, in the midst of the pandemic? So the first thing in making this happen is to purpose in your mind, once again, that you are making a commitment to save. Mm -hmm. So one, committing to a specific dollar amount to come out of each check Mm -hmm. and have it directly deposited to a savings account that you don't touch. Mm-hmm. can definitely be one of the ways. Um, cashing in your cans and bottles and creating <laughs> a savings specifically specifically for this is another way to actually save. And, you know, 
some people probably laugh, but I'm going to tell you, I am a proponent of cashing in those bottles and those cans. And I have a savings account set aside. And it may not seem like a whole lot, but it adds up. Yes. You just have to be willing to take the cans and the bottles to the store and cash them in. Right. Don't let pride get in the way. There you go. Um, also, another way is saving your change through, through the year and depositing it, depositing it at the end of the year. That's another way to save. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something called a 52-week savings challenge. That's another one that you can do. Mm-hmm. And that tool is right online. You can pull it up. And just follow it for the 52 weeks. You start in January and you just continue to save that way. Mm-hmm. Um, commit to saving a specific denomination, such as $5 bills or $10 bills. Whenever you get one, just say, you know what? I got fives. This is going in my savings account. Mm, I like that. So I got tens. These are going in my savings account. So that's another way that you can actually save money as well. Awesome. You know, they're, you know various ways that you can do it but those are some of the things that i have used myself Mm -hmm. and have found to be successful so priscilla if someone is on a fixed income do you think they can still save absolutely i i've seen it i've seen it done in in fact sad but true but a lot of people that i work with that are on fixed incomes have better credit credit scores and they tend to well i'll say this it's probably more so because they know that's all they have for the for the month. Mm, mm-hmm. And because they know paying bills are important to them, they make sure that they pay their bills first mm-hmm. and they do what they need to do. If they have anything left over, I've seen people save. And I know this may sound crazy, but I actually did work with someone in the past that saved a dollar a week. Mm-hmm. You know, and... That $1, this person wasn't on a fixed income. They were working, but they didn't get paid a whole lot. They saved $1 a week out of their paycheck. That $1 eventually turned to $5 every week. Then from $5, it, it changed to $20, either $20 mm-hmm. or $25. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what people must understand is savings is about habit and discipline. Mm. You know, when you build the habit, the habit is there. Okay. So you'll always, you know, in your mind, always want to save. Right. So even though we cannot all save the same amount, we can all save something. Absolutely. You can, I mean, you have to start where your monies are. Mm-hmm. You know, you meet yourself with what's feasible for you, not with the next person. Everybody's income is different. Everyone's scenario is different. Everybody's outgoing expenses are different. Mm-hmm. And like I said, everybody's income is different. So it depends on, you know, what's important to you, what you have coming in, what you have going out. But a lot of times, if you really stick to a budget, you will see that some money sometimes mysteriously appear when you actually look at that paper. And you're like, wow. Because, you know, the power of writing things down and visually seeing it. It's power in that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people don't visually see where things are going. Right. And they, a lot of people don't even have an idea. They just know that I get paid. This is what I do. And if I want to buy myself, you know, a coach bag or what have you, then I'm going to buy it. You know, right. is it necessary to have at that point in time? Maybe not. 
you know, but it's uh, it pleases the person for whatever it is they're trying to get. So mm-hmm. that is all really good stuff. And we um, encourage you to start now. It's important that you start now. 2020 is almost over. We all have our ideas and thoughts about what type of year 2020 was. But 2021, as far as you're concerned, doesn't have to be the same as far as your financial future. We just encourage you to take charge of your future now because it will make a difference. So Priscilla, how can people reach you if they want more information? So my contact information is Priscilla.Parker at NM.com. And I will spell that for you. Priscilla is P-R-I-S is in Sam. C is in cat. I-L-L-A dot Parker. P-A-R-K-E-R at N as in Northwestern. M as in mutual dot com. So Priscilla.Parker at NM.com. Um, also, I can be searched through LinkedIn. I do have a LinkedIn account under Priscilla Parker, and my phone number is 585-305-0113. Awesome. So if you want more information, you can contact Priscilla directly. If you have a question for me, you can email me at masterstouchwellness at gmail.com, okay? And as I always do, I'm asking that you please share this um podcast with someone that you know could really need it, could really use it, excuse me. Sometimes every show isn't for you, but you know someone else that could use it. So I ask you to please share it with someone. And as we forestated, children are not too young. You can start now in teaching them how to manage their finances and how to make their money grow. So until next time, I thank you for tuning in. Priscilla, I thank you for being on the show. And I say to you, take care and God bless.